All right. Bless the Lord. Look at this house. I don't have to give anybody the speech. I'm looking around. I'm just making sure. If you frown at me, I'm going to tell you. Raise your eyebrows and make your face smile. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. For you who don't know me, my name is Sadron Smith, and my wife and our family have served here for about 11, almost 12 years here in the house. Been through some ups and downs and ins and outs, and it's all been good. Amen. Amen. I like to say it's like ragu is in the sauce. <laughs> Everything all included. Amen. Amen. It is so good to be here. There's my lovely wife. Just wave your hand there. She's also my fashion designer. <laughs> she makes sure I don't have holes in my pants or my shirts. So awesome. So awesome. So awesome. Have y'all been excited about the word that has been coming forth from this pulpit here on First and Second Timothy? I tell you what, it's a lot ensconced in there. So much. When Pastor Jade asked me, he said, hey, would you preach from... Uh, first and second Timothy, I was like, uh, yeah, let's do this. And I'm standing up here shaking in my boots. Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. This is, we are on the verge of Veterans Day. Any veterans in the house? All right. From the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you for your service. I'm also a vet. Amen. You know, when I first got to this church, when I say raise your eyebrows, I was really talking to me. <laughs> if you know anything about me, when I first got here, I held my face hard like a good soldier, making sure you don't approach me any old kind of way. <laughs> and listen, people didn't approach me. So when you fold your arms and, and frown your face, don't worry about it. Nobody's coming <laughs> to talk to you. <laughs> it happened a lot of times with me. Nobody came and talked to me. I was like, why? I'm just the nicest person. <laughs> And my wife was like, why are you looking like that? If you nice, tell your face it, you know? Look in the mirror and tell your face that you're okay, that you're approachable. <laughs> Bless the Lord. So when I was reading through Timothy, I came across 2 Timothy because I've been reading both 1 and 2 Timothy. And there's a part in 2 Timothy chapter 2 where it talks about <clears throat> being a good soldier, enduring hardness as a good soldier. And that's what I wanted to talk about, but not today. <laughs> I give you a, a little snippet of what I had outlined. I mean, that outline was perfect. Have you ever done that? The outline is perfect, and then all of a sudden, God just changed everything up. He says, look, I'm in control of this stuff. You teach what I want you to teach, not what you want. Amen? For the last few weeks, Pastor Jade has been teaching us about the life of Timothy, how that he is a leader, and Paul sees something in him. And one thing that Pastor taught us about was being fat, F-A-T, not physically, but spiritually, amen? He was talking about being fat. He said, we wanna, if you want to be a leader, one of the qualifications, you got to be faithful. If you want to be a leader, one of the qualifications, you got to be available. And the last thing, if you want to be a leader, you want to be teachable. So we want to be fat, am I right? He encouraged us that in the church today, we don't have a lot of people that are vying to be a leader in the house of God. We want to be leaders in every other sector, but when it comes into the house of God, you don't see people, for the most part, wanting to be a leader in the house. Because to be a leader in the house, you got to deal with people. 
And people are people. I'll leave it right there. You got to deal with people. Not only that, you got to learn how to be teachable, available. You got to learn how to listen and hear for the, the voice of the Lord. And that's not easy. See, it's not easy to be a leader in the house because you're going to be challenged. Just raise your hand one time and say, I want to be a leader and watch the challenges just start coming. Because God is wanting to instruct us. He want to teach us. He want to lead us and guide us in his ways. And a lot of times we got to go in and erase all the old ways. Amen. Also, he was teaching us about studying and giving heed to sound doctrine. We have to study the word. And he, he taught us about unhealthy doctrine, how it draws us away from God but leads us to people, leads us to leaders, leads us to different things that pull us away from God. He taught us about that, and that was so interesting to me because when you think about it, I've been in churches where the leader was like, come to me, and I'll go to God. No, God has already removed that veil, amen? God has removed that veil. We can go to him on ourselves, and at, in this pulpit, we should be ones who point unto Jesus. He's the, we're the arrow. He's the light. We just point unto him, Amen. Like I said, you know, I saw in, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2 dealing with enduring hardness as a good soldier. And there were some points, some ingredients, some prerequisites to being a good soldier. I had this thing down, y'all. I was preaching it in a mirror to myself, and I was getting excited. At the end of my preaching, I said, what must I do to be saved? And I gave myself <laughs> the altar call, and I received Jesus all over again. I tell you, listen, this message had me on excited. There is excitement in the word of God. You don't have to look like you've been baptized in lemon juice. You don't have to hold your face all tight. You understand what I'm saying? You don't have to do that. There's joy in the Lord. Amen. So when you come in this house, I need you to smile. Because if you don't, I'm coming after you. I'm coming after you. Amen. Amen. I, the prerequisites of a good... Y'all want to hear a little bit about what I was going to teach? What I yeah. preached myself? I'll just give you a little bit, all right? Just to whet your appetite a little bit, you know? It's, the prerequisites of a good soldier, first of all, comes with preparation. You have to prepare to be a good soldier. You, you don't learn how to fight in a fight, right? You beat up for sure. You learn how to fight before. There's preparation that comes in. Not only, the, not only is there preparation, this is before the attack, but there's... <clears throat> there's participation during the attack. Don't run from the fight. What you've learned, you want to engage. Oh, this is good. I'm telling you, I'm getting excited up here. What you've learned and you prepared for, now you engage to do battle. And then after you do the battle, there's preservation where you keep your edge sharp. You keep, word, you keep your words sharp. You keep it on the inside of you. You keep studying it out. Oh, yeah, this is good. Those are the ingredients of being a good soldier, but you also have to be dedicated. As a good soldier, you have to be dedicated. One thing, when I joined the Army, they made me raise my right hand. They made me swear in. <laughs> do you solemnly swear to uphold this thing? And I was like, yes, I do. I didn't know I couldn't run from it because I didn't know what I was in for. But as I sat in it and started learning about it in, prep in preparation on how to be a good soldier, in preparation on when the fight came, I didn't run. I wanted to. Yeah. I wanted to run, but I couldn't run. Why? Because soldiers sticking through the fight. And after that, they always have these different trainings that you do. You go through training to keep your edge sharp. Can y'all hear how this relates to the word of God? Yeah. You get in the word to prepare for a fight. But guess what? When you join the army of the Lord, you're going to fight. Right. It's coming. Just get ready. 
Don't be afraid. There's a difference between a coward and a hero. You know what the difference is? Both of them are scared. The hero just won't run. Why? Because they've been prepared. They've been soaking in the word. They know what to give when the enemy comes in like a flood, comma. I think the comma is in the wrong place. If you read that verse, when the enemy comes in, comma, the spirit of the Lord will raise up the standard of what you've been studying, what you've been going through, because your edge is sharp. I tell you, I got excited about this. I was ready to, to just give my life to the Lord. And then I broke it down to where there was an acronym for soldier. You know, as soldier, we deal with a lot of acronyms. We even have a manual of acronyms, a book of acronyms, and all of them are different. You can say ATM three different ways and have three different meanings. You got to know the language of a soldier, amen? The same thing here, you got to know the language of the Father. You got to get into the Word. You got to read the Word. Be prepared for that fight, and God is on your side, amen? Y'all want to hear the acronym? All right, all right. Y'all got to write fast because I got to move now. This is not even my message. I'm just giving y'all a little snippet of what's going on. Man, that clock is moving. I got five minutes. Anybody else to give me five minutes? Anybody else? I got five right here. Ten, 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 ten. ten. All right, all right. Give me some more minutes here. A good soldier sacrifice. That's the S. It's not based on how you feel but it's an act of your will. As a good soldier, they don't ask you to get up. Would you please get up and do PT? Now, I don't know how it works in the other branches, but I'm talking about the army. They don't ask you, would you please get up and come do PT? No, you better have your hind parts out there at the sound of the bell. Do you understand? As a good soldier, it's sacrifice, meaning that it's not how we feel, but it's an act of our will. I don't feel like getting up and reading the word, but my will is I'm going to do this thing because I'm in this army. I don't feel like studying and going to the board and and, and studying for the different promotions, but I'm going to do it. It's an act of my will, not how I feel. Are y'all getting something all right? The next thing is ownership. We take ownership. This is my country, not your country. This is my country. As a good soldier, you sacrifice, but you take ownership in the company that you are in. This is my unit. This is where I belong. You take that ownership, you take care of what you love. The next one is loyalty. We stay loyal to our flag as a good soldier, our flag of the Lord. We stay loyal. We don't run. We don't change every time a conversation comes that challenges us of who we are. No, we stay loyal. I'm a Christian. I'm a soldier, and I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to say who I am, all right? The next thing is discipline. Soldiers have to be disciplined. I remember being out in the cold, and these uh, commanding officers, they have these things called change of command. This is where one give a speech, and it's this long, and another will give a speech, and it's this long, and you're freezing cold out there, and it's like, man, will this guy please? And you just, you're thinking it. You don't say it. You turn your station to KYMS, keep your mouth shut. You don't say it. You don't say it, but you're thinking it. And you're standing out there at the position of parade rest. And you have to be there sometimes for hours. But a good soldier is disciplined. A good soldier stands there and endures the hardness. Whether rain is coming or whether the weather is bad, they stand there and endure hardness. So they're disciplined. 
The next thing is, is their identity. A good soldier identifies with where they are. Amen. And then the, the E is endure hardship. And then I like the R. Did I say that right? R. My wife says I, I got a southern draw. R. 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 I don't know. <laughs> Nothing wrong with the southern draw. I love it. I love it. The R is ready to go on the command. Amen. A good soldier is ready. A good soldier has already prepared for the battle. A good soldier, when that command say charge, you're going and charging. A good soldier is listening for the voice of the Lord to say go. And you're not going to move until they give the command. That's a good soldier. Amen? Amen. So that was what I had. But I was going to go into depth and all these and tell some good stories. But the Lord said that's not what he has for today. One good thing that you can do when you are a good soldier in Christ and you're disciplined a son or a daughter never has to go look for a word. There's always a word burning on the inside of us. It's always something that the Lord is speaking. The only thing is you have to be attentive and you have to be sensitive to the time. When it's time to deliver the word. Have you ever had it just burning inside of you in the Lord? And you're ready to go. You've seen jump ropes, right, where they just ready to go and get in there and jump that rope. And it's not your time yet. It's not the timing yet. you got to have the right timing to say it. Have you ever said something out of timing? I don't like that. I like to say things when they're right on time, when it's right time for it. Because when it's the right time, when you can hear that word and it's the right time to say it, it brings peace. It brings comfort. It brings change. Y'all getting some out of this. Amen. That's a good soldier. Boy, that message. Anybody want to receive the Lord now or we want to wait? <laughs> Hallelujah. This is awesome. God is so good. First Timothy chapter 6 is where God spoke to me. And he said, this is the message for the hour. Somebody is going to get something out of this. And I feel, it, I feel like these messages that we've been hearing have been wrapped around this one topic. So 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 20. And incidentally, I am coming from the New King James Version. It's an upgrade from the King James, but I understand the Queen's English. <laughs> I, I bathe in the thou, those, these, and thuses. And I was pretty good at it. And then I got here, and they was like, we don't talk like that. <laughs> Get out of that Bible. I was like, but I understand this stuff. I mean, my Bible, it just turned to the page that I'm thinking about. Y'all got a Bible like that? Oh, yeah. You get in there, it just turns it. Where is it? I marked over here on the right. <laughs> but uh, the New King James Version, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse uh, 20 and 21, it says, O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. By professing it, some have stayed concerning the faith. Grace be with you. Amen. Amen. Before I get started, I just want to pray. I pray that your hearts are encouraged, and I pray as we continue to go on that y'all will Hear the word of the Lord. Father, we just thank you today. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad. I thank you, dear Lord, for the songs that have gone forth. And, and Lord God, that our hearts are tender to hear your word. I ask the Lord that your word will, that you would think through my mind and speak through my mouth. None of me, all of you. And God, I thank you, dear Lord, that we aim 
to please you. We aim to hear your voice and to be what you have called us to be. God, we just give your name glory. And Father, I ask the Lord that the chains of bondage be broken today. That life be renewed, God, God, prosperity be placed upon your people like never before. And God, we just give your name glory. We give you honor and we give you praise. Amen. And amen. So, out of this verse of scripture, Timothy, Paul is encouraging Timothy. He says, guard that which has been committed unto your trust. The title of what we're talking about today is don't lose what you have. Don't lose what you have. Too many times we go through life and we're always looking at what someone else have. And it may cause us to lose what we have. Y'all have heard the saying, the grass is greener on the other side. Right? And I've seen that many times. I'm like, man, that grass is so green. I want this grass. I got to have it. And I get over there in the grass, and it's not as green as I thought it was. It's got some snakes in this grass. There's some rocks in this grass. When I walk, bugs come out of this grass. I almost got bit by a mosquito in this grass. It's not as green as we think. I am from Houston, Texas, and I'm going to give a shout-out to my Astros for winning. But in the game of baseball, it's very difficult for you to get to second base without releasing first base. Am I right? Anybody in here can do it? Plastic man? No? I just dated myself, didn't I? Plastic man. We look at something and we desire it and we're holding on to something that we already have. We let it go and we move over to what we think is greener and is not so green. Now we try to run back and get what we had and it's gone. Why? Because it's been snatched away. You know, he says to guard. In the military, when we first go to basic training, they give us these general orders. Any Army personnel in here? They give us these general orders. And 30 years ago, they gave me this general order, and I had to memorize it. And if you didn't memorize it, you had to stay back from some great activities until you got it down. And after 30 years of being in the military, I think basic training is the only place that I really had to memorize it and recite it back until I went on guard duty. And the first general order that they have, it says, I will guard everything. Do you know this? You know, Army. Oh, yeah, you knew I was talking to him. <laughs> I will guard everything within the limits of my post and quit my post only when properly relieved. Guard is a military term. He says, oh, Timothy, guard that which has been entrusted to you. You see, Timothy, Paul saw that Timothy was raised by his mom and his grandma and his father. But he had this thing going on where there was two different type of philosophies in the house. Timothy, the Bible emphatically says that Timothy's father was Greek. And him being Greek, he was teaching some Greek things to Timothy. But his mom and his grandma were of the Christian faith and they was teaching Christian things to Timothy. Can you see how he was getting a little bit off? He was like, I like this side of stuff, and I like that side of stuff. But Paul was saying, no, guard what has been entrusted to you. 
The word of righteousness has been entrusted to you. I need you to guard it. Just like those military orders, those are commands. We are guarding it. It means to hold captive. It means to don't let it be snatched away. When the word is preached, in the book of Matthew, we have the parable of the sower. And the first thing it says, Matthew chapter 13, verse 18 and 19, they explain the parable of the sower. Incidentally, we went up to the mountain and we had a men's retreat up there. Any men went up to the mountain? Oh, man, it was such a time. I believe that every man needs to go to a mountain every now and then. That's according to Exodus chapter 34. Go read it. It's in there. I know it's the law, but it's an escape, man. Let's get to the mountains. Things happen on the mountain. I can't tell everything that happened on the mountain. However, when I spoke, I talked about ground maintenance. I talked about how that there are seeds in the ground. And if you don't guard the ground, because in, in the parable of the sword, the word is the seed. And the Bible says that the enemy, as soon as the word is preached, the enemy comes out and he snatches it out of the heart of those who had tried to believe this word. But he's encouraging Timothy, guard your heart. Don't lose what you have. Anybody had a word of the Lord in their heart and it burned so fiery. I mean, it was just burning inside of you. And then all of a sudden time goes on. Situations happen and we forget what that word is. Guard what you have. Maybe the enemy has snatched it out because he don't want you to have that word. But he tells us to guard it. And when I talked about ground maintenance, I talked about first you have to prepare the ground. You have to till up all the old stuff out of it. Seeds are always planted. Did y'all know that? Seeds last a long time. His mother and his grandma was speaking the word over him. I can see him speaking the word over him, teaching him the ways of Christ, teaching him what's going on right now. And those seeds were being planted in his heart. See, seeds have to have something. They have to have some time, yeah. right? Yeah. But the thing is this. One thing that, I've, that we learned about seeds is that they need the right conditions to grow. Yeah. Seeds need the right conditions to grow. Seeds are always planted. What we're watching, what we're hearing, what we're speaking out of our mouth. There are seeds all over the place. When the right conditions are to grow, that's when you see those things coming up and coming out. See, if you put seeds here in Colorado and you try to grow them in wintertime, they may not come up. But when the summer comes and the the sunshine comes and the water comes, they kind of come up. They have to have the right conditions. So when the word of God is preached in your heart and you're incubated inside his his loving kindness and you're reading his words, now the seeds are prospering. Now they're coming up because they have the right conditions. Your faith is encouraged. You're moving forward in faith now and not in fear. They have fear seeds too. We don't want those, right? (laughs) Ground maintenance, you have to first prepare the ground. Then you have to fertilize the ground. Then you have to maintain the ground, and then you can stand your ground. Amen? Amen. When you know what the word of God says, it causes you to stand your ground. Why? Because you are confident in what you know. You're confident in what you know. And I know I'm telling the truth because each and every one of you, you know your name. And if I tell you, Chase, that your name is Michael, you're going to be like, no, that's not my name. Why? Because you're confident in what you know. 
So here we have his grandmother and his mother just feeding him the word of God. And Paul is saying, guard that thing. Don't let it get snatched away because the enemy wants to snatch it away. See, in the word, as you read Timothy, you will see that there was some idle talk. They were just making conversation and arguments to try to get him off of what he already knew. And Paul was saying, stop it. Don't listen to that stuff. Heed what you've already know. Don't let go and don't lose what you already have. God has placed in us, in each and every one of us, the measure of faith. Don't lose your faith in God because of circumstances and situations. It's time for you to increase your faith in God because of circumstances and situations. It's time for you to look unto the hills from which cometh thy help. I, <laughs> I was uh, hunting not too long ago, and I decided to, um, for lack of better terms, try to do some man stuff. I went by myself. No, sorry. I shouldn't have done that because I had to turn off my mind's eye. (laughs) You get out in these woods and it's dark. I start about 4 o'clock in the morning, and I have to walk about an hour and a half to get to a place that I was sitting. And as I'm walking in these woods, you... The trail, the, the first trail that we're going on is wide. It's easy. You know, my light is shining there. I can see the well-worn path up, up the mountain there. It's taking me a little time to get there. Easy to go. Not, not that dark. The moon is out. You know, I can see until I get to the end of this trail, and I have to drop down in this deep, dark timber. Your flashlight only goes maybe 10 feet, if that. Can't see anything. I've been there several times. I know the direction I'm supposed to go in, but there's a new fallen tree there. It's dark. It hinders my path. I can't see around it. I have to go over it. This is a true story, by the way. So I go over it, and I kind of, see, men don't get lost. We just get turned around. (laughs) All right. Just thought I'd make that play. All right. Just, Just saying. All right. Okay. I got a little turned around. <laughs> I got a little turned around in there. So I went over this tree, and I thought I was on the trail, and I got off the trail. I was like, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm standing there. It's quiet, right? My mind, I had to turn my mind. I had to turn it off, you know. Ain't nothing coming to get me, you know. I'm prepared, you know. I'm ready. But, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I say, Lord, I say, Lord, I need your help. Y'all ever done that? Been turned around and say, Lord, I need your help. I say, Lord, I need your help. So I'm sitting there and I'm waiting on the voice of the Lord. I'm waiting for an eastern wind, something to tap me on my shoulder and say, go left, go right, you know. Do something, you know. I'm waiting for a whisper of the Lord. You know, he's in a quiet whisper. And I hear nothing. I mean, it's quiet. There's no wind blowing no more. No, nothing chirping, no bugs jumping, nothing. I mean, a bug jump up on the left, and I know I can go. You know, you know, y'all know the silly things we do. Come on now. Am I the only one that do stuff like this? Y'all know the fleece, right? Lord, make it wet on this side. You understand? I make it dry. You understand? No. Oh, thank y'all. I'm not the only one. So I'm waiting for the voice of the Lord, and I hear absolutely nothing. I stand there for like three minutes, and that's a long three minutes in the dark by yourself. I'm just saying. And I hear nothing. And then I say, you know what? I know the direction I'm supposed to go in. I just don't see the path. So I start making my way down the direction that I'm supposed to go in. 
And when I start making the way down the direction, all of a sudden the path becomes clear. There's a word there. Don't lose your direction. Stay in the direction that you know that you're supposed to go, and God will reveal the path to you. There are many things that will take us off our direction. Many things. Hurts, disappointments. Uh, uh, what are we saying? Hurts, disappointments, guilt, shame. They will lead us off a direct. Even people listening to idle talk, mm-hmm. listening to a lot of talk that takes us away from Christianity, that takes us away from what we believe in God. It will take us away from our direction, and our direction is always toward Him. Much like me being in those woods, I knew the direction. I never lost my sense of direction on which way to go. I just didn't see the path right away. Why am I saying this? Because Paul is saying, guard this thing. Guard this thing. Stay on the right path. Stay with the right direction. God will lead your path. Amen? That helps somebody. It helped me. Hallelujah. People... When they, today, in today's society, a lot of people are abandoning the faith. They're leaving the faith. They're denying the faith. They're turning their back on the faith. Why? Because they can't see the path. They can't see the path. They knew the direction at one time, just like Paul, when he was taught of his grandmother. <laughs> We was at some friend's house the other day. This thing tripped me out. Now, these are some Kansas City Chiefs fans. I mean, deep down, just like my wife here. Oh, you want to? And, <laughs> and this grandmother, I mean, this was, I, this was something else. I was like, man, this is all right here. As the baby came out, just a little baby, she already got the chief clothes on them, got the hat, the socks, and everything. She said, this baby will be a Chiefs fan. <laughs> The grandmothers have influences on the babies. (laughs) Y'all see my point with with, with Timothy here. His grandma, why why won't we clothe our children in the word? Why won't we speak the word of God to them and have them to be clothed? They will be followers of Christ starting at a young age, right? Indoctrinating them at a young age. Hey, you will be followers of Christ because this is the way that we serve in this house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. All I'm saying is I believe that they were intentional on teaching them the faith that they found in their heart. They didn't lose their direction. As a matter of fact, they gave him a compass and say, always aim this way and you will always see the path that the Lord has for you. And Paul was admonishing him, guard this. Don't let it go. Don't let it slip. People have shipwrecked their faith because they have taken their eyes off of what the Lord has for them. Everything looks good over here. It's shiny. It's bling bling, right? But it's not good for me. I want this fast success. But a lot of times when you get fast success, you don't know how to maintain it. Because you haven't went through the process of growing it. So it's fast. It's here. I won the two billion lotto. But do you know how to maintain it? Do you know how to keep it? Do you know how to give it? Do you know how to save it? Do you know how to spend it? Do you know how to do these things? Do you know how to maintain the word? The way you maintain the word is you get in it. You sit on it. And and God showed me something about direction. 
he showed me something about direction. And he said, when you get into the word, you have to keep your direction, but you also have to keep your devotion. You have to stay devoted. You have to keep your devotion. Listen to the word daily. Read it daily. Do you go back and listen to the word that was preached on Sunday? Or do we have the Bible sit? I don't want to meddle too much. Y'all might stone me here. <laughs> sit for the whole week, collecting dust, you blow the dust off and come back to church. Oh, bless God. Or do we get in it daily? Do we spend the time with God? Or we devote it? We keep and we guard and we protect our devotion. We protect our direction. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approval, workmen that need not to be ashamed. See, when you study the word, you're not ashamed. Why? Because you're bold in what you know. You're bold in faith. So when the enemy comes, you're bold to speak the words of Christ to him and say, get behind me, Satan. I'm, I'm, I'm in the Lord's army. I know how to deal with you. No, I know how to battle. You're devoted. You keep it. Amen. Hallelujah. As we walk in this faith walk, there are so many, like I said, so many things that takes our attention from him. We have the elections coming up. We have this, these different things happening in our community. A lot of times do we seek the Lord and who we are to vote for or do we just vote because this is how we feel? No, we keep his direction. We stay devoted. And we also have our dependency in him. How do we guard and keep something from being snatched away? Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4. This whole proverb talks about wisdom. It talks about keeping what God is, what, what, what the Father has said unto you. It talks about maintaining it, holding on to it, and not letting it go. But Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, I believe it is. Is that coming up on the screen? You know, I have, I apologize to my, my people here because I have way, went way off of everything. Most of the verses I have, they, I'm sorry, I didn't give it to them. <laughs> Bless the Lord. Amen. Where are we at? Proverbs chapter 4, right? Give me one second to get there. Hey, I like my Bible. <laughs> I need to get up with technology, right? <laughs> Amen. It says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. This word keep has a connotation. It says, stop being from, uh, stop uh, don't allow it to be snatched away. Keep your heart. But can we do that within ourselves? No. The Holy Spirit helps us to keep and not lose what has been given unto us. There is a dependency. First, we keep our direction. Then we keep our devotion. But now we have to have a dependency on the Holy Spirit to help us to not lose what God has entrusted to us to keep so that we can grow it, so that we can share it, so that we can give it, and so that we can always be aimed toward him. Amen? Amen. See, the Holy Spirit helped us to, first of all, know what is valuable. 
There are things in life that we think are valuable, but they're not valuable. The Bible says that there's gold and silver in one house, but there's also wood and stubble. It says some to honor and some to dishonor. He's telling us, hey, let me tell you what's valuable. Let me show you what's valuable and not the world showing us what's valuable. Amen? Amen. The Holy Spirit also helps us to protect the things that are valuable and maintain the things that are valuable. Our last verse of scripture here, and we're going to come to the table, and I want to pray for us, is, um, no, that's not the last verse. I just told a story. I got a whole bunch more. Anyway, <laughs> somebody else gave me five minutes out there. I saw it, but <laughs> amen. Only kidding. To guard that which and to keep from being snatched away. First Timothy chapter one, verse three, it says, hold fast to the pattern of sound words. Which you have heard from me in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. That good things that were committed to you, kept by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. I'm sorry, that was Second, Second Timothy, one thirteen. It says, "Good things which were committed to you, kept or keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us." He's telling us that the Holy Spirit helps us to not lose what we have. There is faith on the inside of each and every one of us. There's the word of God ensconced on the inside of you. Seeds of righteousness have been given unto you by your grandmother, your mother, your father, your grandfather, people, your co-workers, and all kind of things where they have spoken the word to you. The right conditions are now, and the seeds are growing up. But when that fruit comes, Holy Spirit helps us to maintain and to keep it. Amen? Did y'all get something out of this today? We're standing on our feet all over the house here. Amen, amen. We're going to come to the table this morning. Don't lose what God has given unto you. He has given each and every one of us something special. You have something to give. You have something to give. God has given to every person the measure of faith. He's given to every one of us talents. He's giving you time, and he's giving you treasures. You have something to give. Amen, amen. As we come to the table this morning, I want us to be mindful that he has given us something, but we have something to give unto him, and that is our praise. That is our worship. That is our discipline. That is our devotion. Amen? Amen. So what we're going to do here as our attendants come forward, they have been praying for us all week long. There's going to be a time for prayer, but I want to make this appeal to us this morning. Maybe you have been one that have not accepted the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior. You haven't leaned on him. You haven't depended on him, and you want to do that today. We have people here that will pray for you. They will teach you about it. They will show you the ways of righteousness. God is pulling and tugging on each and every one of our hearts to come to him. Or maybe we just haven't been as devoted as we once were when we first started out in this walk of faith. We haven't been devoted. We haven't been disciplined. We haven't gotten that word and, 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 and got that seed of righteousness on the inside of us. We've become cold in our souls. If that's you, we're here to pray for you. We want to pray that the fire of the Lord be injected back in us. Because having this fire causes us to go on another day. It causes us to pray with fervency for others other than just ourselves. 
It causes us to see what we have on the inside of us. And God matures it. And now we're able to, to grow and go and do what he's called us to do. We don't want your coal in your soul. We want your fire to ignite this world on fire. Amen. So if that's you, we want to pray for you too after this. If that's you, just don't be afraid. Just come forward. They'll be here after this. Amen. So the way that we're going to come to the table, we're going to, I think everybody turns left and come out through the left and go back in through the right side of your aisles. Amen. If we can go ahead and start that.